Thank you, Levi. And uh, Levi's going to lead us in one last song after our service. We have the opportunity now just to open up our scriptures and we're going to look at something from Ephesians that Di already read from us, Ephesians chapter for us, Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to concentrate on really three verses uh, from Ephesians chapter 2. Let's uh, ask the Lord to switch the light on in our hearts as uh, we look at this scripture together. Father, we do ask just as you shine uh, lights in our bedroom or in our lounge room or in our kitchen, we're asking, Lord, that you would uh, shine now by your word and by your spirit uh, in our lives, Father, that uh, yeah, we might see you, that we might adore you, that we might know your love and that we might be strengthened uh, by you and for you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are looking at a little series on the church. And there's different pictures in the Bible about the church. Sometimes it's described as the army of God. Sometimes the flock of God, the people of God. But today the church is a holy temple. And it's coming from Ephesians chapter 2. You remember what it says. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives uh, by his spirit. When you think of the church, I wonder what you think of. Maybe uh, I'll just cast a few more uh, pictures in your mind. You might think of the churches that are spotted all over Wagga or you might think of the churches that are spotted all over Australia or you might think of churches all over the world or you might think of churches that stretch all through the ages What is, in fact, God got in mind when he is building the church? One picture is is the temple of God, a holy temple. Do you know, in the Old Testament, David did not build, King David was the great king of the Old Testament, but he did not build the temple. He stored up All sorts of stuff. He stored up incredible amounts of gold, incredible silver, incredible amounts of jewel, onyx, marble, topaz, all sorts of stuff. Beautiful, the most precious cedar. But he stored it all up for his son (laughs) to build this temple. And it was a massive national project, extremely expensive. And it was the centerpiece for worship, (laughs) the centerpiece for the whole nation to come and meet with God, to adore God, to know God, and to worship God. And there was only one temple. We got churches spotted all over the countryside, but in Israel, there was one. One temple for the worship of God. Paul in Ephesians says that we are being built into a holy temple, but he's not actually thinking of a building made out of stones. We love buildings. Many people here have been involved in this, not me actually, but I've seen it happening, that you buy your block of land 
and you spread out the architectural designs and you're just thrilled with what could be, just imagining what it's going to be like. And then the slab is poured, you see this thing rising and you've got this building, this building that you've dreamed of for so long. In Wagga, we saw uh, the building in which I was born in, Wagga Base Hospital, smashed and demolished. But this amazing building, rising, now dominating our Wagga Wagga landscape, this beautiful building. And we love these buildings. But the building that Paul is talking about here exceeds anything that you've ever imagined. It exceeds it in conception and size and beauty. Paul is talking about a building like you have never even dreamed. And it is built not with physical stones like we see in this building, but built with living stones. The Bible says that each one of us who has the life of Jesus in us is like a living stone built into a building. That's the temple. So in other words, everything that was dreamed of for that temple in the, in the, in the ancient times, everything that was dreamed of for that, for that temple in ancient Israel comes to its fullest and most beautiful fulfillment in what God is doing with his church, living stones and building them together. Sometimes I think it would, wouldn't be a bad idea if a bulldozer came and drove through our building here and smashed it all to the ground. I'll tell you why. It's only a thought experiment. It's not something I'm planning. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you why. Because sometimes we can associate church with this structure and it's totally not. And if this thing was leveled to the ground and it was just us here in the rubble, we would know that we are the church. God has no heart investment in this building. He does not love this building. He's not invested in it in any way. But what he is invested in is his people. He loves his people. And he is pouring himself in To build a church, that's his heart. There are five little phrases in these two verses, or really two verses that I want to look at, uh, and I want to go through them quickly. And each one gives us a little bit of a glimpse of what God means when he's talking about building a church to be a holy temple. Oh, I forgot my clicker. And this is the first one. Number one, it talks about Christ as the cornerstone and the apostles and the prophets of the foundation. So, if you're building a building and you're building a temple, this is talking about putting in a cornerstone. Now, you imagine it's the very first stone to be laid and every other stone is built in relation to that one stone. Wherever it's pointing, wherever it is, every other stone finds its orientation and alignment according to that stone. And in this verse, it says, the foundation of the apostles and the prophet with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. 
So that means that Jesus is the cornerstone for the church. Who he is, what he has done, is the chief cornerstone. It's the block that is laid down by God, Jesus himself. And we are all being built into a temple as living stones and we're built based on him, in alignment with him. Every single one of us. Do you know if this building wasn't here and it was starting from scratch and someone laid the very first stone, every other stone would find its position and an orientation based on where that first stone was laid. And when Christ came and died and rose again in power, he was laying himself as the cornerstone because it is signalling the building of a building. He had something in mind. He had something, a conception in mind. And he himself died and rose again in power as the cornerstone of, of, of a structure, a spiritual structure that he had in mind. There's another way in which he's the cornerstone too. And that is that none of us can be built into this building unless we have our living relationship with him. (laughs) Anyone that has a living personal relationship with the Lord Jesus and is given his life, then then we become part of that building. (laughs) Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. He's the chief cornerstone. It's one thing to know doctrine, but it's another thing to have his life. And everyone that's made alive by him is one of the living stones that is put together. Not only is Jesus the chief cornerstone, but it says that it's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What does that mean? Well, in that time, the apostles and the prophets were the ones that spoke the very words of God. When I'm preaching here, I'm trying my best to be true to the words of God. And I'm trying to speak to you. Words that the Lord would speak to you. But, but the apostles and the prophets were unique in that they spoke the very words of God. And where they're written down now in our New Testament, they are, we, we take them as the inspired word of God. And so you know, want to know why um, even now I'm clinging to the scriptures so tightly. And as a church, we cling, cling to the scriptures so tightly. It's because... The foundation is the teachings of the apostles and the prophets which are recorded in the word. That's our foundation. That's how the temple is built. So that's the first thing, the cornerstone and the foundation. Oops, I pressed the wrong button. Number two, though, we are joined together. Listen to it. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, in him, we're joined together. Do you know these stones here that we, we are looking at, they are all joined together with mortar. They are, that, that, if, if, they, if they were not joined together, this structure has, has no integrity. But, but these stones that Jesus is talking about or Paul's talking about is that they are joined together in him. <laughs> so, so, you know, naturally, there's a lot of us in this room that naturally would not be together. 
we would fight and we would argue and we'd naturally split apart and splinter apart. What brings us together is that we're bound together in him, in Christ. He is our king and our Lord. He is our saviour and our friend. (laughs) He he is everything to us. And so now we're together in this room and we're bound together actually by what mortar? (laughs) Well, by love and trust that we that is purchased by God in Christ so we we are in him so it doesn't matter whether we're from Burma or China or Egypt or England or Africa it doesn't matter whether we're educated or young uneducated it doesn't matter whether we're young or old it doesn't matter we are we are joined together in Christ on the basis of everything that he's done in his death and rising in power we're joined. We're joined together. Do you remember that time that Jesus said, <laughs> he goes publicly and he says to the Pharisees, tear down, he's standing in the temple, the, the old ancient temp- temple. He says to the Pharisees, tear down this temple and in three days I'll raise it again. <laughs> and they say to him, it took 46 years to build this temple. Do you think that you can raise it in three days? But John says, but he was talking about his body. Talking about his body. In other words, Jesus is saying, this massive building with stones and gold and whatever else it has is temporary. And, and I'm going to build a new building. I'm the new temple, and when he dies and he rises in power, it's not just that he rises, but that he's taking us, anyone who would believe in him, and he's building us into a temple with his own life. Do you know that now you are included? And this is a beautiful thing, because there's many of us that feel like, we're on the outside or we're excluded or we just don't really fit in or we just feel on the margins or just feel far, far away. Do you know if you're building a building and there's a stone lying way outside, it's not only that that stone that's sitting outside is in the wrong place, it's that it weakens the whole structure. Every stone has to find a place. And it is true for us that we're joined together. God is joining together every stone. Every one of you, if you have the life of Jesus in you, you are, there's a place, there is an inclusion. You're part of this building. You're not, it has, you have to be part of it. You're you're part of what God is, is doing. And everyone is vitally important. If you just pull one stone, we're we're interdependent on one another. It's not like I'm up here and the preacher and I can just, and I'm not dependent on any of you. That is just not true at all. We are so deeply dependent on one another. There's every stone in this particular Wagga Baptist church building is dependent on the other. If we pull one out, it weakens the other. There is an interdependence on each other so that when someone says, oh, I think I'll just sort of pull out and no one will know that I'm gone and I just, just, it's not just that that person is gone, it's that we feel it. 
We feel it. But when we're joined together, we're strengthened. And God is wanting to build a oneness, a temple. The last thing is that, not, it's not the last thing at all. I've got five of these. Um, sorry to get your hopes up. <laughs> but just to finish that, this is talking about community. Deep, loving community. And it's not going to happen unless we're in him. Um, yeah, how, how desperately we need, every single one of us, me included, um, to so be in Christ, to, to so have all my masks taken off, that we are together in him and built together. Every one of you have got a gift. You've got a gift, an amazing gift. And every gift is needed in the temple that God is building. So, number three. I just wanted to say something about that word rises. Listen to it. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. I love that word, rises. <laughs> I think I love it because, um, well, when I see a building going up and being built, it's sort of a thrill to me. Wow, look at that building going up. But God is building a building and it rises. It's a demonstration of his power, his majesty, his love, his commitment. Uh, he is building a temple that rises. And as I think of that word, I'm thinking it rises for us. It rises in worship. We're rising in the worship of the king of glory. There is a, a heart in us that just wants to rise and say, Lord, you are good. You are the great God. You are totally worthy of our delight. And we are a worshipping people with all our gifts, with all our skills, with whatever we are, we rise to worship you. Number four, it says that it's a holy temple. So I'll read it to you again. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. The word holy means pure. It means set apart for God. It's, it's quite different. Ooh, do you know when um, my grandmother used to have a very, very, very special crystal goblet? And she would set it apart on the mantelpiece because it was clean and it was set apart for a very, very special use. And, and God calls us holy because he's calling us to be set apart for him. Very, very special, pure, and set apart for him. And we are purchased by the blood of Christ, extremely expensive purchase we are, and we are set apart, set apart, holy. Some of you in this room, and I'm not Hopefully you don't get offended when I say this. And some in this room and some people from outside this church, and please, I'm not having a shot at anyone because it was a genuine, have come to me and said to me um, over the years, isn't God angry 
that we hold a garage sale in our building and that we are selling books actually in this auditorium. Isn't God angry with that? Because did not Jesus come to the temple and turn over tables and make a whip and send everyone out because he wanted a pure and holy temple? What, what are you doing in here? And that's a, that was a genuine question. And others, even from outside our church, have come to me and said, why are you doing that? Isn't that sinful? But the thing to know, and this is the important thing for you to know, this building, this thing here, is not the temple of God. Do you know what the temple of God is? This thing here. This thing. The, the question is, what is happening in my heart? Where is their pride? Where is their anger? Where is their greed? Where is their selfishness? In here. <laughs> Where? Because God is unhappy. We are to be a pure temple. I mean, really pure. So when there's anger, that will make the temple impure. And where there is bitterness, that's going to be bad for the temple. And where there is sexual immorality, uh, having sex with someone that you're not married to, that's going to make the, the temple impure. And where there's pornography and that's getting happening, it just makes the temple very... We are set apart. We are purchased by Christ, by his blood. And God is making a pure, holy temple, you see, set apart for his work. It's interesting, you know, that Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So, so outside forces, they will never, ever, ever conquer his church. The danger, I really think, is not so much the outside forces. It's the inside. It's what's happening in my heart. If there's divisions here. That's, what's go that's the real danger. I remember when Andrew Skews was the pastor here and I was becoming the pastor, I realised that what he, the church that he was giving me to lead was a church that was very unified. And I considered that a very great privilege to take a church that was deeply unified. And I consider that very precious so we are to be a people that are a holy temple. Lastly, number five, it says, And in him you too were being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And maybe this is the most important point of all. You too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Do you remember when Solomon finished uh, building, like a massive, massive project of building the temple? And, and, and it was a huge undertaking and there was gold inlaid and there was ivory and cedar and, and you just would not believe just the beauty and the intricacy of that building. And then at the end, Solomon dedicates the temple and he prays. And then this is what happened. 
in 2 Chronicles 7. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and they gave thanks to the Lord saying, He is good. His love endures forever. The fire came down and the glory of the Lord filled, filled the temple. And they were on their faces before God, on the pavement, worshipping because they were filled. The temple was filled. And this says that we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now that is amazing. Now that is amazing. We're being built together to be a dwelling. This is the purpose. This is the purpose statement now. Why God? Why are you building this temple? What, what, what are you up to? And he says, this is the reason I'm building it. So that the fire would fall. So that so the Holy Spirit would come and dwell in your midst. This is very, very precious that we are living stones purchased by Christ, by his blood, extremely expensive purchase, made his own, built together and joined together to be a holy temple. Why? To be a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. David Watson wrote a, wrote a book called I Believe in the Church. And in it he says, one of the greatest needs of the church today is the presence of God. One of the most attractive and compelling arguments for the truth of God is a body of people who has the Lord himself dwelling in their midst. How, you know, we can have right doctrine and we can have even happy community but the essential thing we need is the Holy Spirit himself. And he is here. I'm so thankful for the work of the Spirit. And that's, that's who we need. We need the work of the Spirit of God dwelling in our midst as we serve one another, as we have joy in worship, as we serve the poor. But we can be a people that are expectant in God's presence. He, he's like the wind, the Holy Spirit. We don't tell him. I can try and G you up or I can try and do this or that or the other. That's nothing. The Holy Spirit has got his own unique power. He's got his own work of doing his own work in our midst. He's sovereign. We can enjoy God's presence. Totally enjoying him because he is our God. Lastly, let me say that it says, in him, you too are being built. So I just want to emphasize that. In him, you too are being built. So for everyone in this room, if you have got the life of Christ in you, I just want you to know 
that you too, you're, you're not out. You're, you're not too far away. You're, you're not rejected. You too are being built by the architect who is Christ, by the cornerstone who is Christ. You too are part of this. You too are holy and made God's own living stone to be built together. You too. Let's pray. Lord, you are, you are doing the building. Uh, you are the chief cornerstone, Lord Jesus. You are the one that's made us holy through the blood of your sacrifice, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and fill us because we're purchased by Christ and we are his. So, Lord, would you come? And in our praises, Lord, even as we sing now, as we are joined together in community now, as we scatter into the week, into our various jobs, Lord, we're asking for the fullness of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Yeah, Father, yeah, we, we love you, Lord, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing again. Uh, won't you stand with me as we sing What a Beautiful Name.